the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Matthew 2, verse 11 says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. Last Sunday night, we had an amazing uh, night church gathering, and uh, we were very blessed to have uh, Jason share the message. And I don't normally ever do this, but uh, I asked Jason if I could reuse, you know, re, re kind of uh, engineer his uh, message title because it was so helpful. And uh, after all, it was uh, the night crowd, you know. So <laughs> he said, yep. So the full title for today's message is, drumroll, wait for it. There were those who recognized, those who had no eyes, and those who were surprised. Very long title, (laughs) bit of a mouthful. There were those who recognized, there were those who had no eyes, and those who were surprised. And so by aligning uh, the accounts of Jesus' birth, Uh, from both Matthew and Luke, we gain a picture of these three groups, these three groups of people. And so firstly, we we looked at Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter 2 separately. They weren't like an item. Uh, They both served in the temple. And they both recognized the significance and the wonder of this boy child each separately when they met Jesus. His, temp- his parents brought him to the temple uh, for dedication. They worshipped God for Jesus. And they both sensed that they were privy to an amazing history-making moment in time. It was just like the high point of their very long lives and uh, they knew that they could now happily die, having, uh, having witnessed on earth the presence of the King of Kings. How desperate are we today? Just to perhaps put aside all the trappings of this season, the distractions, those things we get tied up doing, and the things that consume our thoughts in order to come in to the presence of the King of Kings. The only one and only Jesus and worship him. This child was truly wonderful, awesome, captivating and awe-inspiring. And that spirit in him was carrying the hope of the nations and salvation and hope of many. And, And Simeon and Anna got it. Simeon and Anna were were Jesus ready. They were Jesus ready. In a culture that was tired of waiting for the Messiah, there had been hundreds of years of silence. No prophetic voice. No prophetic word. uh, And it had tested the nation's commitment. And they had jaded spirits from all this waiting to hear from God. Just something, just one word. And here was this boy, child, and Anna and Simeon recognized him. 
You know, many who were once full of joy now failed to recognize him, let alone relish this moment in time. And that really challenges me. I think, has apathy clouded my vision? Am I Jesus ready today? Maybe that's a question we could all ask. The second group, the second group of people uh, were found in the highest seats of power in the land. King Herod and all his advisors and helpers displayed spiritual blindness when the Magi from the east arrived in Herod's in Jerusalem. Their hearts were hardened by years of, you know, it just didn't happen overnight. Their hearts were hardened by years of, of, of um, spiritual apathy, selfishness, and uh, insecurity. King Herod's reaction to the news that there was to be born another king of Israel proved that he knew nothing about spiritual power and authority and a supernatural kingdom, superior in every way to his own. What rose to the surface in his moment of challenge exposed years of spiritual blindness and narcissistic behavior. He headed up the group with no eyes. Let's read that in Matthew 2, 1 to 4. If you've got your Bibles, I'll just read it. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. So you see, these magi were wealthy and wise. In stark contrast to the palace crowd, they were passionate, they were expectant, and they were ready to meet a king. They were ready for an, even if he was just newborn. We don't know actually how old Jesus was. It was probably... After 40 days, because that was the time of purification for a Jewish woman before dedication, and it was probably well before Jesus was one year old. But we know that they came to a house, which could have meant that it was the house uh, somewhere in Bethlehem, and uh, so it probably wasn't that long after he was born. They were the elite. They were the elite from amongst their profession of astronomy, and yet they had paid a high price to travel to behold isn't that a great word behold i love that word they traveled to behold the one who would not disappoint they had a single vision follow the star and discover a king that was it not a bad brief except it took months if not years they were prepared to leave the comfort all the comforts of Babylon, and it might have even been further east than that. We don't actually know. They were just from the east, and we assume that they were from Babylon. But for months, perhaps years, they had traveled to fulfill their mission. When, when Jason and Hannah, when our son and daughter-in-law came back from Africa, uh, Egypt, and the Middle East, uh, 
they said, if ever you get a chance to ride a camel, don't. That was a really big don't. <laughs> they said, think of the worst horse ride ever, double it, and you get some idea of the pain riding a camel. <laughs> there would have been miles of hot sand, sunburn, dehydration, and discomfort every day. And we're just talking about the camels. <laughs> then, there were the, then there were the people. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there was hardship. Days when they just couldn't have felt they couldn't go on. Days when they wondered why they started. Maybe you're on a journey today and you wonder why you started that journey. Maybe you're in a place where you're just questioning a few things in your life and the direction you're on at the moment. They would have had all of that in spades. And then there was the, you know, the, all the baggage they had to carry to eat and blah, blah. And there could have been more than three of them. We don't know. There was three gifts, but there may have been more than three in their party. But coming to Jerusalem, you know, costs would have really been mounting up. Food, accommodation, camel food, not cheap. Pretty hard to budget when you're following a star. But they never once considered cashing in the gold that brought as a gift. Because that was the standard koha for a king. Gold was for a king. And as for the frankincense and myrrh, these items actually may have been as much of a mystery to the givers as it was to the receivers. See, prophetically, frankincense spoke of Jesus' priestly role and myrrh spoke of his ultimate death. It was a, it was a spice used in preparing dead bodies. So none of these you know, personal setbacks for these for these, we call them wise men, deterred them, deterred the Magi from finishing the task. They were determined to find this child. Yet in doing the right thing, they actually swung by the palace. By doing the right thing, you know, checking in with local authority, they actually unintentionally set off another whole evil chain of events. Let's read verses 5 to 8. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be shepherd my, my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them uh, the exact time of the, st the stars appearing. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, you guys go and search carefully for this child, and when you've found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. Oh, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> so they set off this chain of events, but I want to say that it's still good to do the right thing, even if you offend people, even if it's not going to, it won't be received well. You still need to do the right thing. These magi were close to achieving their goal, yet they had no idea that it would actually change them forever. These were foreigners, Gentiles, with their own gods. They're kind of like outsiders, yet after the revelation of who Jesus was, they were ruined for the ordinary. Let's read the incredible moment of this life-changing moment. Verse 9. 
After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground. There it is again. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Yeah. These foreigners who were frowned at and judged were the ones who came the greatest distance and gave of their best and bowed the longest in worship. We've got people here today that have come a long way, 35 hours, wow, on a plane. Every week, every Sunday, we have people who travel over 30 minutes to come and be in worship. A little more on that later. Because there's one more group, and those are the surprised. The surprised, the final group. Poor, uneducated, smelly shepherds were given the honor of being the first guests of King Jesus. They were just surprised. They were just doing their thing. And kaboosh. It's easy to, to trot out the saying, you know, wise men still seek him. But what does that mean? I think we get a better understanding when we say wise men still travel. What does that mean? Well, whether there's a change of, of physical location or a meta, metaphorical shift in our thinking, we need to invest in our spiritual journey. I get it. God pursues us in regard to salvation, and it's a free gift. But after that, after that, without an honest pursuit of God and all that he has for us, it is impossible to fulfill our purpose and our destiny. We need to pursue God. Alongside the promises of complete and full supply are the commands to ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. And to seek and keep on seeking. You know, we'd never think of looking for gold nuggets in our living room. We'd never try and catch a big wave in our backyard. And we'd never entertain the idea of fishing for salmon in the bathroom. To do all these things, I know they sound ridiculous, but to do all these things, we need to simply go to where those things are. We need to relocate. You know, we go looking, we, uh, we search till we find, we travel to get good water. As a family, for years, we went to Lake Whakamaru, uh, and uh, the cliffs were really high, and the water was always calm, and it was worth it. It was worth going all that way to get calm water. You know, we dig, we research, we study, we Google until we get the answer, don't we? Some things can only be discovered only by those willing to be inconvenienced with risk. I'm going to read that again. Some things can be discovered only by those willing to be inconvenienced 
by risk. To do all these things, we need to read okay, but when it comes to spiritual things, we expect them all to come to us. But James 4 verse says, 4 verse 2, sorry, says, you do not have because you do not ask. Verse 3, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. E.g. King Herod. It all starts in the heart, doesn't it? What's motivating you today? Are you asking God for the answers to your questions? Are you asking God for that ultimate destination place you need to be for the journey that you're on? The wise men took on a journey with a set goal in mind, but with limited understanding. They left Jesus with a fresh revelation a renewed sense of vision, and the joy of having been with Jesus. Maybe we will each experience that today. I hope we do. And every day that we passionately seek him, even if it's costly in time, risk, and money. Praise God that he is in the business of reaching those who recognize, those who have no eyes, and those who are surprised. Amen. Oh God, we just thank you for Jesus, for this gift of all gifts. You're the covenant-keeping God, the unchanging one, who keeps your promises. And in Jesus, we see a king forever and so lord your promise to david has been fulfilled forever i just pray we would take time change location do whatever it takes to seek you and your purposes and find vision renewed and purpose in you and be spoiled for the ordinary and be never the same again when we finally have a revelation of who you are. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.